Hi, everyone. Welcome to the TBI Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Blanchett, where we explore the heart of brain injury. Hey, Survivor Squad. So glad to have you for our last installment. Let's get going with it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about social networks and finding your people. I actually started with a middle slide. Let's go back. This is all a lesson in things can go unplanned, right? I also have a special guest today, which is my border collie, Brady, who I often talk a lot about. Uh, He often just helps me stay grounded and connected. And so he comes to work with me. He's presenting with me. He is all the things. So you need to find your people, the importance of community. So again, I'm Dr. Jen Blanchett. I'm joining you again in your last email course series. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. So day one, we talked about why I'm so overwhelmed. Day two, we talked about mindset and recovery mindset. And today is about finding your people. Social networks, here we go. They are essential to our mental and physical health. And I'm going to tell you some scientific reasons why. I think intuitively, certainly we know in the pandemic that a lot of us had been affected by isolation. I think it was serendipitous in many ways that while I was recording this email series, I actually am recovering from COVID and I didn't have it at any other point in time. For many of you, yes, I know that was a tragic situation. I'm not minimizing any of that because it has been relatively, you know, I I was pretty sick, but I'm going to be okay. Uh, But I got to kind of think about isolation. I got to kind of reflect on many things related to that because I was isolated for a week. And so I felt that a little bit more and how that was pronounced in the pandemic for us. So what are some of those lessons? Isolation, depression, anxiety, declines in overall health. Definitely school success for some of our people that have been in school and the list goes on. Certainly throughout this week, I felt a mirror between the beginning of the pandemic and what that was like. And why I'm talking about the pandemic is because I think a lot of brain injury survivors have spoken about just how the pandemic was an interesting mirror to how brain injury recovery can be isolating. And folks can often feel like they don't have the support that they need. They feel isolated because perhaps they've lost a role, like they don't go to work anymore, or they're not going to school in the way they usually had been. And so it's isolated, isolated them from their typical social network. So I want to do a little activity. I've been sprinkling in little activities here for you to think about these different concepts. Noting our social health. So I want you to pause the video in just a minute and think about your own social network. I want you to think about maybe how that's changed over the pandemic and your brain injury recovery. And just maybe notice, because it's usually both and, there's things that have not gone right. 
And maybe there's some things that are neutral or interesting or potentially positive. So I just want you to notice and write down those things and see what you come up with. And then we'll come back together. Okay. So you've hopefully paused your video or the podcast because you might be listening to this on my podcast and you've had some chance, had a chance rather to reflect on your own social network. I certainly was thinking about this in my journey in the pandemic. I know I don't have a brain injury, but I've worked with folks after a brain injury for quite some time. And I kind of thought of it through the lens of just those life changes that can impact our social health. And there are people that I was in regular contact with pre-pandemic that I, I don't know if I will have that kind of relationship with them again because circumstances have changed or my patterns have changed or they have kind of moved on in other parts of their life. And I often reflected on that in context of brain injury recovery, how that can be similar for folks after a brain injury that people have moved on or we just don't have the, uh, we're not at work anymore if if we've lost a job perhaps, or we're not doing the same things that we did before injury. So I just wanted you to think about that and kind of take stock of what has changed since your injury. All right, so some really interesting research on social connection. So this research study took various types of different uh, risk factors, and I'm going to bring up some of that information. Bear with me here if you're on the podcast or if you're live as well, if you're listening to this on the video. I'm just looking for my notes. That's all that is. This is what happens when you do things live, right? (laughs) I think I can pause my share and then find where I was going. So fun. I think I can go without it. We're good. So what they talked about is how social relationships and coping with social relationships Okay. I found what I was looking for. I decided, you know what? I'm going to find what I wanted because it was so important that I want you to hear this. So let me bring it up because it's on a different screen. So I'm managing all the screens right now. So they're talking about in a meta-analysis by researchers named Holt and Lundstedt at Brigham Young University, they examined 148 articles published on the effects of human interactions on health outcomes. And they reported that social connections with friends, family, neighbors, and colleagues improves the odds of survival by 50%. High social support and social integration are associated with the lowest relative odds of mortality compared to many accepted risk factors for cardiovascular disease. And we'll look at that figure in just a second. The review article is a powerful demonstration of the evidence base behind social connection and health. Low social interaction was reported to be similar to smoking 15 cigarettes a day and to being an alcoholic, to be more harmful than not exercising, and to be twice as harmful as an obesity. 
in addition, in addition, the devastating effects of loneliness and social isolation have been well researched. So just driving home that point, I'm going to come back to this one. Okay. Yeah. So as you can see, that effect size of social relationships is here. And smoke is similar right there to smoking greater than 15 cigarettes a day, even more so than with alcohol consumption. And you can see the other risk factors for cardiac re rehabilitation. Okay, so social connection should be viewed and treated as a vital sign, much like physical activity. So I'm also a fitness instructor, so believe me when I say that I know that exercise is medicine, and I think in the recent research that has come out of concussion data, we certainly know that exercise is an important component to brain injury recovery. So the Exercises Medicine campaign helped bolster support for the exercise prescription. So we're prescribing exercise. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a psychologist, but I say, I'm going to prescribe you that walk. I'm going to prescribe you, you know, a run down if you can, if you can run, right? The time is right for a connection as medicine campaign. So really thinking about that is one of the best indicators of health is how connected we are and if we're feeling supported in a relationship. Although there are challenges to being in a larger social situation, small and meaningful connections continue to be important to health, wellness, and concussion recovery. So where do we find that connection? I'm often in there with my folks who have concussion and brain injury, that finding new connections when you're feeling really isolated is pretty tough. You don't feel very good many days, and trying to make a new relationship seems counterintuitive. Like, okay, I'm trying to just figure out how to live every day. How am I going to make a new friend? That seems like it's just not going to happen but it's essential and it's vital that we continue to nurture relationships that we do have and those that can be forged. I'm going to quote Brene Brown here. True belonging doesn't require you change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. Some of the characteristics True belonging is a spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. Being part of something bigger, but also having the courage to stand alone and belong to yourself above all. <clears throat> so if we're thinking of what belonging looks like, what belonging feels like, to think of those people who we can be ourselves with, that we can be raw with in our bad days. And in a brain injury recovery, there's going to be bad days. There are bad days that are happening. And those people that will stand beside you and that will listen to you, even when you don't have anything good to say. And that's for everyone. That's a human thing. There are just days like that. So I always talk about brain injury support groups. I think they're a great resource 
for survivors. And I encourage you, if you haven't tried or you tried them early on in your recovery, think about them again. Just think about them again. So I recommend the Brain Injury Association of America. They list groups in every state in the U.S. And also pink concussions. They list groups for female identifying individuals as well as male identifying individuals. So certainly check those groups out. Additionally, if you are not in the U.S., you could also think about contacting your hospital or if there is a neuro rehab center in your state or country. Those are often great places for recommendations for groups. It's never too late. So I was going to tell you a little story. So one of my first podcast guests was someone who I know personally, like he goes to my church. And I think their injury was decades ago. And they had just recently joined a group and there was a group for folks who had had a brain tumor. And just recently had found support in that group. And they were telling me how it's never too late. You can still find community even months later, years later, decades later in recovery. If it's not the right time, maybe it's going to be the right time another time. Okay. So before I go a little bit to my programs, I just want you to think about other types of community. So if that's not a brain injury support group, then thinking about what were the types of community that I felt connected with before my injury? Is that possible for me to reconnect with those folks? And for some people that I've worked with, that's been maybe it was a work friend or two where you guys went walking or did something together. So I'd really think about and problem solving through how you can think about people that you already know that could be part of your care team and anybody, and also thinking about community supports, whether that be a faith-based community or a different community group um, that has a similar interest, like a gardening group or something that you enjoy, for example. So I'm going to talk and wrap it up. And thank you so much for joining me in this email series. I'll also be sending out kind of a recap, quick little snippet of what we've covered. And I'll also send you a PDF. So if you wanted to remember anything that you could have that as a resource. So just to know, I am going to be continuing to put out free content on my podcast and on my Instagram and you can expect probably some free trainings via my website as well. So certainly feel like there's a resource from me that is free that you could tap and access if any of these programs are not accessible for you. Uh, and also thinking about those referrals, if there's someone in your state or someone in a group in your country to think about connecting because those are free resources that I always talk about. I had a little puppy had a little puppy noise. If you're on the podcast, my talk just moved a little bit. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about my programs. So I have developed a signature program that's called Calming the Storm. It's a three-month one-to-one program where I meet with you somewhat weekly. So there's 10 meetings in three months. And one of those is a beginning meeting where we'll talk about everything. I'll listen to you about things that you've done for your brain injury recovery and what you need now. 
and I'm, it's not medical treatment, it's coaching. So I'll just kind of listen to you. What have you been through? And maybe think about what recommendations I might have for you to follow up with other professionals in your area or give you a list of specialists that you might need to see in your area. And then we'll develop a plan of things that you need to work on. Some of that may be some nervous system regulation and breath work. So we will go over those things and make a customized coaching plan for you. From that, we'll work together for three months and have weekly 30-minute huddles. And there's some wiggle room if you're gone a week or if I'm gone a week. So that's why there's the 10 meetings. And so that starts at 600 monthly. And you also get unlimited one-on-one support with me via videos. So I'll pop on a video and I'll talk with you and you can just listen to that or you can watch it. Um, Also email support. So if you prefer to write, you can write. I know people have screen time issues. So if it's a video response, some people can just play that and listen to it without having the screen on. They just play the button, right? So you can submit to me a question and I'll pop on and say like, oh, hey, that's a great question. Let me think about what I'm thinking for you maybe trying X, Y, and Z, or just giving you an encouraging message, for example. So that's, uh, you know, Monday through Friday through the week. Uh, And then I'm very excited to announce my group coaching offering, which is going to start in the fall. So that'll be coming out as the fall approaches. And that's what I'm I'm super excited about because we're going to create community. These are people that you can form long-lasting relationships with. So I'm talking really fast, I just noticed, because I was excited. But I'm really excited about that opportunity. And that'll start for about $300 a month in the fall. So a little more, and I wanted to make something more accessible as well. So I want you, if you're interested in any of those, or certainly just you can email me back and talk with me. But if you're interested in one of my programs, then reach out to me and we'll get on a 20-minute call. So we'll talk kind of like we are here on video chat and see what questions you may have, if it's a good fit for you. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much for the, for coming and listening to this email course in the entirety. And I will talk with you soon. Thank you for joining us today on the TBI Therapist Podcast. Please visit tbitherapist.com for more information on brain injury, concussion, and mental health. The information shared on today's podcast is intended to provide information, awareness, and discussion on the topic. It is not clinical or medical advice. If you need mental health or medical advice, please seek a professional. 